0: Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois.
1: And I'm Jimmy Fowler, executive pastor at Redeemer Fellowship. Sunday. here we go. We're here. We made it. We did... uh...
0: We had a good day at church yep. first service was packed you were at second service I went first to second service, service. Was, yep.
1: packed
0: yeah yeah it was cool and uh, met some new people that was fun yeah so I, did I yeah. I met some new
1: people at second service that was cool. good
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah good day and uh, we're gonna go hang out after
1: uh I, I can't why not I can't I got I got stuff I got stuff to do family uh, stuff gee, I got stuff to do too
0: yeah you got to prioritize and put some things at the top of the list yeah, I, yeah I, and then and that's our chewing family scar shop what are we gonna do at the cigar shop? Uh, new guy's gonna come.
1: Who? I do I want to get to. I don't want to want to get to know anyone. New guy. What new guy? The new guy. He's he's in the right now. He's a, he's across the lounge having a membership interview with Pat. Well, I feel like being this close proximity is enough for him.
0: Mm, okay. Whatever. To Receive that blessing. All right.
1: I guess I'll be there. Steve's gone. Oh, what time are you guys going? Yeah, five o'clock.
0: Oh, I might see that. Yeah, everybody likes to be with Steve. Mm. I, I I was. Uh, oh man, I was going to tell you. I don't, I don't think I told you this. So I was. Uh, I think I told you I was out with the Warfords.
1: Yes, you told me about this double date that you had, which you asked me for advice on. Yeah, I did. Not realizing it was a double date with another couple. Yeah, no, I was just asking you. Wait, what's the best steak joint? Mm, yes. to
0: take Robin Shannon to. Yeah, you didn't yeah, say. You I, didn't I, say I, that. I was thinking.
1: Yeah. Oh, he's gonna. You know. First, yeah. I was like, oh well, my condolences. You know, uh, Joe's grandma died last week. Yeah, she did. She did. Yeah. So he had the future. So I thought maybe you're taking family out that you guys were going. You know, to sell no. You know. And hey, by
0: the way, next time uh, you recommend a place for me, uh, try try to recommend a place that's not going to cost me like five hundred bucks. Okay. <laughs>
1: hey, I asked you what your range was. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my oh exact my words to you were, "What's the budget?" And you go, "Oh, just good steak." Yeah. I said, "Okay, yeah. fine." Not, not that good. Okay, <laughs> not, not not that good. No, good.
0: So while we're there, we're we're uh, we're sitting there. And uh, we got a really good seat and people are coming in. And then Rob goes, hey, that's Andy Avalos that just walked in. And I said, who's Andy Avalos? Yeah, I don't
1: know. I have and no he idea goes, you're talking that's about.
0: the NBC weather guy from Chicago. So I look over my shoulder and then boom, like I, I know that guy. I just okay. didn't know what his name was. I said, no way. I said, you know who loves weather and is all nerdy about it? Steve. Steve McCoy. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, I'm going to get his autograph. So I go over there. And, uh, and he's, uh, I'm like, I'm like, hey man, Andy Avalos, right? So I'm like, It's not like I know. Yeah, yeah. Andy Avalos, right? NBC. And he's like, yes, yes, thank you. I'm like, I'm like, man, listen. My friend Steve is a big weather geek. He loves weather. He knows all about thunderheads and overcast and forecast and supercast, using, like all kinds using, of casts. I
1: appreciate sure that last one you just yeah, made up. No,
0: that's that's like, a, that's like a radar thing or something. I think. So I was like, he's all into the all into that stuff. Supercast? And broadcast, yeah. So um, <laughs> that's broadcast. That, yeah, that's, that's part of it, right? <laughs> and I said, Could, would you mind uh, autographing, uh, giving, sending an autograph to Steve? And he's like, absolutely. So that's now the second second autograph but I say, that's a,
1: probably the first time he's ever been asked for his autograph oh no but where the men get asked for mm-hmm. autographs all the time mm-hmm. yeah no. yeah they do no they yeah, don't. they're celebrities in chicago so this is this is the second one
0: yeah what was yeah, the, first? the first one i got him the uh the the quarterback for the football team in colorado for, for the broncos, broncos the broncos okay. yeah, yeah i got him the quarterback from back in the super bowl. Manny? No, no no before that when they went to the super bowl before that John
1: Elway? John Elway, yeah. Man, yeah. good job. Jen
0: and I were uh, we were in Chili's and there's okay. John Elway and she goes, That's John. Nah, that,
1: that can't be John Elway. Yeah, it was. There's no John Elway does not dine at the Chili's. He absolutely does. He well, I guess it's hard to resist those baby back ribs. Yeah. Uh and barbecue sauce.
0: Mm. Um so Jen Jen goes, Hey, that's John Elway. And I said, Who's John Elway? And she said, she goes, That's the quarterback for the Denver Broncos. Denver Broncos. Yep. I was like, Oh man, Steve lived in Colorado. He likes the Broncos. But I'm not going to get the autograph. She made me go and get the autograph.
1: Oh, so you just went up to his table and. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Well, no. Hold on. What do you say? Basically. basically, No, I went to uh, his table. But as I
0: was going to his table, uh, he, he went to the bathroom. Okay, so you waited
1: outside the bathroom? No, I went in. I went
0: in. I went into the bathroom. Hold on, stop for a second. Yeah. You went into the bathroom? I went into the bathroom, and I pretended to go pee next to him in the urinal. And I was like,
1: (laughs) hold on, did you? Yeah, I did. So, so okay, you follow, let's get this straight. Yeah. You followed John Elway into the bathroom. Yeah pretended to urinate yes well i had to i couldn't just stand there and look at him i had to, uh, I had to go oh, like okay, shoulder yeah. to shoulder oh so the okay so non-weird thing was yeah. to stand next to him yeah. pretending well he doesn't know urinate. i was pretending though he okay. just thought
0: i was really doing it
1: okay yeah so and then i was i
0: was like john elway like i know like i know it was like it was yeah. Andy Avalos. Yeah, yeah. and uh, he's like he's like yep and then uh, he finishes, and then I fake finish, and then uh, he we go and we, we <laughs> when wash you say our hands. You fake finish, well, just, what does you, that mean? Well, it mean, you kind of like you know, kind of like what? Kind of like I, I can't. I, I don't see wanna, a visual here yeah, that you're doing. You know. You know what guys do when they're done? They're kind of, uh, and then, you know, they kind of okay, move around okay, a little bit. Right. Yeah. So then we go and we go to the sink and then we wash our hands. But I really wash my hands because, you know, I can't fake wash my hands. You can't there. fake? Yeah. No. <laughs> I would have loved it. Did you, yeah. Did yeah. you use fake paper towels? Yeah. No, I, I did all the real stuff. And then he was walking. I go, hey,
1: John. Um, yeah, stay with me in the bathroom uh, for a second, moment. Just second. Uh, this
0: whole time, by the way, I've got, this was back, you know, and this was before like smartphones. Mm-hmm. So I had one of those leather bound uh, planners under my shoulder, under my arm the whole time. So oh, I, I remember talking I, was, about. I okay. was like, hey man, would you, my,
1: you know, my buddy's a big did you, f- Did you actually use that? No, okay, no, so no, no. So you still, nothing's changed for you. You no, still don't use not, the resources no, that we have out not. there. Okay, so like le-
0: leather planner. So then I, I said, hey man, would you autograph, uh, get an autograph for my buddy Steve? And he goes, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was like, thanks, man. <laughs> All right, well, you're a good friend. How many uh, autographs has, has Steve gotten for you? Because I know you were looking for uh, Jason Allen over at MBTS. You were asking for. Uh, you know, I like to get autographed signature tattoos on me. I got Spurgeon mm-hmm. and I got John Bunyan and I wanted to get. But you're Allen also. you OK. All right. Molar. I, I thought you were looking for Jared Wilson's autograph and Steve was supposed to get that for you. No, he hasn't. He hasn't delivered. Yet. He didn't get it yet? No. Oh, you have molars. Uh, well, I'm going to
0: get molars. I'm going to get all of them. Yeah, you're really so. going to get molars? No, of course. I to say,
1: oh, stop it. No. All right. Well, Joe, uh, what are we going to be talking about today? Well, it's
0: Monday. It's a recording for Monday, so we're going to do 1689. We are back in Chapter 10 of Effectual Calling, Mm. and we are going to start off in Paragraph 2.
1: Perfect. I'm going to go ahead and read it. This effectual call is of God's free and special grace alone, not from anything at all foreseen in man, nor from any power or agency in the creature, being wholly passive therein, being dead in sins and trespasses, until being quickened and renewed by the Holy Spirit. He is thereby enabled to answer this call and to embrace the grace offered and conveyed in it, and that by no less power than that which raised up Christ from the dead. All right. So the effectual call, we we, we really we introduced this last week and we talked yeah. about it.
0: So really what that is, is that is a, a a special grace of God that comes upon an individual that ensures their conversion. Yeah. When so this when this grace comes upon them. It, it changes them in such a way that
1: they then necessarily respond to the to the invitation. So when you say special grace, what's that in contrast to then? Like when we're talking about special grace,
0: yeah. So there's like there's different. You know, there's there's God's common grace, which is common yep. to all people. Um, everybody experiences various uh, kinds of God's favor and goodness. Uh, you know and. Uh, kindness, mm-hmm. you know, Jesus says the rain and the sun shine on both yep. the wicked and the righteous. So but but special grace is is a is a saving grace that comes upon the elect. Mm. And so this effectual call is a grace of God that um that changes an individual, changes their heart, it it brings them forth by the word, and here they're, it's, they're breaking it down further so that we understand a few uh, particular things here. Um, and the first is that this, that this grace, that this effectual call, is God's free and
1: special grace alone, not from anything at all foreseen in man. So you're saying that uh, that God didn't look forward into history or into wait, look forward into the future. Yeah. yeah, the future Jimmy is, <laughs> is forward. I was and like, history, into history is backward. That's how that works. <laughs> oh, that's how that yeah. works. So you're saying God doesn't just look forward and say, "Oh, you know what? Joe's going to be a good guy. You know, Joe's going to be a, a decent guy, deserving of this grace that, or that he's going to be. You know, uh, at some point in time, he will be at a church service and uh, he'll respond. And right. so, and it's, you know, yeah, it's not.
0: It's not even that. Oh, well, God looks forward and says, "I can see that Jimmy's going to believe." Um, at at this point in time, and that's when I'm going to give him this grace. It's you wouldn't believe without the grace, you mm. wouldn't come forward. So this is all God's grace, His free and special grace alone. It's not from anything foreseen in man, nor from any power or agency in the creature, because we are dead in sins. Yeah, right. Being there is there is there's, there's no, no life in, in us. Right. So that's why it says being wholly passive therein, mm. being dead in sins and trespasses until quickened and renewed by the holy spirit. So this this renewing this quickening that's regeneration. So here when we're in salvation, uh much of the time when we're talking about salvation, we say that we are passive recipients, right? Yeah. God does the work, we receive it. Uh yeah. it's monergistic, right? Yeah. That you know it's uh, God God does the work to cause us to be born again and then we receive that
1: gift. And so that, like I said there's nothing good in us. There's nothing uh in our own ability. I mean, 1 Corinthians 2.14, the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. And right. so that's that whole idea of being dead in sins and trespasses, unable to wholly passive unless the Holy Spirit does something. Right. Exactly. Right. So but here's what I like, because not only does it say
0: that, you know, we are dead in our sins, therefore we are passive in this work. Right, we are going to be active, but we have to be activated, right, before okay. that'll happen. So we're we're passive in this this um, this effectual call that's causing us to be born again, quickened mm-hmm. and renewed by the Holy Spirit. But He is thereby enabled to answer this call and to embrace the grace offered and conveyed in it. So it is not that we are totally inactive. But we are incapable of responding spiritually to the general call of God Mm -hmm. until the effectual call of God actually um, grabs us, renews us, frees our will from bondage to sin. And now we are enabled to answer this call to embrace the grace, and we necessarily do because now our heart works right. And because it works right and God's effective grace is on us, we want
1: yeah, we, we desire that communion. We desire that relationship with our God. Right. For all, you know, for the right reasons, it's because it's God's grace. And it's, you know, it's, this is, this is a miracle. Oh, yeah. This is a miracle. It is, it is. This is one of the, this is the, the greatest manifestation of the Spirit's work in the life of an individual. I mean, imagine. It, it's not anything, about the health, wealth, prosperity gospel. No. It's not about, you know, golden teeth and. Showers right. of gold, whatever they, you know, yeah, well have. especially
0: like because like you are missing a tooth right now, and so I know I that you. like you would really do well if oh, was I, just a I little bit. I'm for it. Just a like, oh, little Lord, bit I, of the I, golden if tooth. You could do
1: it. Just do it right there. You could do it. Yeah, and, he, and yeah. you're asking him to do yeah. it here and here and here. I got a few. I got a few holes in my teeth.
0: <laughs> I'm, not, I'm supposed. to, I was supposed to wear like a, a partial. So like the, it's the, like the so it kind of dangles in and out. No, no, no. It's like snaps in. Okay. Yeah, but I just threw that away. I'm wearing that. Okay. Yeah, I don't do that.
1: Uh, well, I, you know, you can't really tell that uh, you're missing teeth. No, because you don't smile. No, why so would I do you, that? <laughs> so, yeah, it's, yeah.
0: Don't make me. Don't make me smile. Oh, don't, there it is. Oh, oh uh, the holes. Yeah, see, there's that gap. It's like a jack o' lantern with the teeth. <laughs> teeth. missing. So yeah, this is like th- I love that you said that because th- this is the biggest thing. People are so hungry for this manifestation of the spirit, right? And I just, you know, they want they want to feel something. They they want you know they want their back pain to go away mm-hmm. or they want Gold dust in the air, or whatever it is, they want some vision. They want
1: some, some, what they view as tangible, right? Right. And even, even the intangible, like you're talking about, you know, visions and signs and wonders. uh,
0: But is there? But there's nothing more spectacular. You were dead, and Jesus brought you back from the dead, and it is no less real than when He called Lazarus forth from his physical death. It's just as real as that. And that's a part of your testimony. It's a part of your life. You were dead. He made you alive. Whether you were seven or 70, yeah. like that is a miracle worth celebrating. And we, I think, the, you know, we get kind of comfortable and cold or complacent or whatever. And like, if we go back and start to consider that, consider that it took divine power, Yeah, that it is, it wasn't the, the manipulation of my ego. It, yeah. it wasn't uh, the stirring <clears throat> of my emotions. It wasn't this, you know, emotional manipulation mm-hmm. that you
1: see at youth camps. Yeah. Usually on fourth day after you've you know given them the kids are sleep deprived and hopped up on sugar they go up and down they're and very all of a sudden, emotional four, yeah the fourth yeah. day emotional video and talk yeah so all, all of a sudden here's the sin talk
0: oh that when they do that
1: that's when that fourth day yeah
0: the fourth day fourth day yeah so what what's on the fifth day.
1: Fifth day? Yeah. uh, The resurrection. Oh, Oh, okay. Wow. (laughs) So, yeah. yeah. But, you know, you you could gear certain, like, a flow of a conference, or you can gear the flow of a a retreat Mm -hmm. uh, to try to... You know, you're you're trying to create a space, is how people talk about the the ethos.
0: This is why people need to come to Doctrine and Devotion 2019, Mm -hmm. May 3rd and 4th.
1: Oh, that's right, because we're going to hit you up Saturday morning with the emotional talk. No, we ain't doing that. No, no, no. (laughs) No, What's
0: going to happen is, is um, we've got.
1: Dr. Yeah, 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 Hamilton. Jim, Jim Hamilton. Yep. Yeah. Jim Hamilton. Or coming I should in. say James Hamilton. I don't know how to. Yeah. Jimmy. The, yeah, JJ. JJ. J- 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 yeah. <laughs>
0: JJ's <laughs> coming. Dr. JJ's coming in. Uh, He's going to be our, our uh, keynote speaker. Yep. Uh, So he, Jimmy and I are going to be preaching and teaching on biblical theology. We have amazing breakout sessions on both days. Oh
1: man. Uh, Lots no, of.
0: No, no manipulation. No. Right. Just, uh, just preaching. We're going to have worship music. Yep. We got swag for people. Yep. It's going to be We're great. We're going to start
1: announcing the swag here pretty soon. Yeah, so,
0: So I hope you guys are signing up because this is going to be really good. We got some some fun promos we're going to do coming up. So stay tuned for that.
1: Yep. com slash conference. It's going to be
0: good. So the effectual call is God's grace. Yes. This special grace that comes upon an individual that ensures their conversion by causing them to be born again, to which they respond in faith and repentance. And this was only capable, only possible uh, by the Holy Spirit, right? Yeah. All right, well, that kind of leads into
1: paragraph three. Okay. Paragraph three. Let's go. It
0: says, oh yeah, oh yeah. You, yeah, uh-huh. you can read this one. All right. Elect infants dying in infancy are regenerated and saved by Christ through the spirit who works when and where and how he pleases. So also are all elect persons who are incapable of being outwardly called by the ministry of the word. So, you know, this is a, this is a question that comes up for just about every Christian, right? Yeah. Well, what? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You know, because first they maybe ask, well, what about those people that have never heard of Jesus? Yeah. Right. Well, they've never had a chance to believe in Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's a rather it's an easier answer because, well, they have rejected the God that has revealed himself in nature. They are sinners and they're not going There's to have
1: general revelation that's right. out there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so, listen, they're guilty. So none are without excuse. They're guilty because of what happened in the garden from Adam's sin. They've inherited a sinful nature. They've sinned their lives. And the reason they're going to hell is not merely because they don't believe in Jesus. It's because they've broken God's law. Mm -hmm. That's an easier one. When you get to infants, it's like, well, wait a minute. Uh, How are we supposed to conceive of them? Uh, They haven't heard the gospel. Mm -hmm. And if faith comes by hearing. Yeah, they haven't had
1: that opportunity.
0: So then do they all go to hell? And there are some people that would say, very, very few. Uh, but there are some who would say those who die uh, in infancy or in the womb do go to hell because they have not had, a chance have not to not hear had the, the opportunity. That, I mean, I've actually never met anybody that held that view. It's a very minority position.
1: Very rarely do I see anyone or have heard of anyone or read anyone that's like, yeah, that's my
0: view. Right. So in the reform tradition, what I've seen are, are, are two basic answers. And one is, is that uh, – well, first of all, everybody goes, you know what? We don't have all the answers here. Like that's, that's I think pretty that, yeah, important. That's right? pretty fair. This is a, this is a bit murky yeah. for us. Um, but the two basic views are that, um, that some infants will uh, experience God's miraculous work of a generation and are saved. Uh, so we have elect infants and non-elect infants. And then there are others in the Reformed tradition who would say all those who die in infancy are elect. And they're not elect because they're dying in infancy. Mm-hmm. Um, they are elect and they're dying in infancy
1: is somehow mysteriously a part of the plan so um, in parallel paragraph- and, and I think we want to say on the front end here you know uh, we understand this is a a difficult conversation oh, yeah. topic right yeah. like and so we 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 kind of look at this. With with the weight of it, we understand and uh, we know people that have have lost uh, their their children. Right. And so we know we've had like,
0: miscarriages, stillbirths yeah. and newborn deaths here at the church over mm-hmm. the past 11 years.
1: Yeah. So we want to handle this with with sensitivity and yeah. and, uh, and care. At, but like Joe said, yeah, there's there's the reality of it's murky, right.
0: And so it's really important when you're when you're having this debate no or discussion, make sure you know who you're having it with. Yes, right, because you don't want to have this discussion with somebody who's lost a child and just you know, deal with it clinically and just throwing these ideas around because that could be cruel um, or confusing to them. Oh yeah. So if it's just you know you two childless people or you two people whose kids are all healthy, okay. You guys can maybe have that conversation a little bit more loosely, yeah uh, so it's important that especially for anybody who's teaching or leading pastoring, you know you want to approach all subjects, but especially something like this with some pastoral care, yeah, right and so um you know when when we when when we have to talk about this um there's a there's a particular way that uh, that I've done it in the past, and I'll, I'll share that here in a minute. but this says elect infants dying in infancy are regenerated and saved by Christ through the Spirit. So clearly, the 1689 allows for infant salvation. It teaches infant salvation. It does not say that all that die in infancy are elect. It says elect infants dying in infancy are regenerated and saved by Christ through the Spirit. So at the very least, uh, we have here this this option, this idea that God does save some. Now, some people would ask, well, wait a minute, how – how do they? How do they believe? If I mean, do they even have the capacity, the faculties? They don't have the faculty to. Mm. To I mean, if faith is made up of, of uh, knowledge, assent, and trust, the, the, an infant can't do that. So, how is it then exercising faith? Do they get to bypass faith somehow? I mean, to be regenerated, right, means God gives you a new heart. So then, what are they believing in? Um, all it says is that uh, the Spirit works when, where, and how He pleases. And so also are all elect persons who are incapable of being outwardly called by the ministry of the word. So the elect that are incapable of being outwardly called, right, they are – so there are elect people who are chosen by God Mm -hmm. who will – who do not have the capacity to respond in faith and repentance, whether that's due to um, a mental hindrance, you know, cognitive issue or because of their age. They will still be uh, called by this – Irresistible effectual grace.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh John uh John three eight, the wind blows where it wishes and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the spirit. So I think even here as you're talking about with the with uh election, I think we've talked about that in the past. We don't know who the spirit's going to be. We don't know who the elect are. And so that's right. why we preach to everyone. Right. And in the same way here, we don't know uh The mystery of of God's saving grace. Right. Right. And so, look,
0: some people are going to say, well, listen, um, there are no verses that teach this. There there's there. This is this is just people being emotional, people being soft. I've heard people say, like, you know, what about
1: the the Samuel?
0: Well, that's where I'm going. Yeah. I want to show them that there is a reason to believe in infant salvation. Um, not because of some age of accountability, uh, because we are all accountable for the sin in the garden from the moment we are human beings. Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, so this is, this is what I do when, when, when somebody suffers the loss of a child and they want to know, and they, they, they often ask, not all of them, um, you know, is my child in heaven? Will I see my child again? Then I take them to, um, second Samuel 12. All right. So I actually need to pull it up. Um, so in Second Samuel 12, and we've talked about this here on the podcast before. Yeah. Um, but, you know, after David's sin uh, with Bathsheba and all of that, and he's called out, it says in Second Samuel 12, the Lord afflicted the child that Uriah's wife bore to David, and he became sick. David, therefore, sought God on behalf of the child, and David fasted and went in and lay all night on the ground. And the elders of his house stood beside him to raise him from the ground, but he would not, nor did he eat food with them. On the seventh day, the child died and the servants of David were afraid to tell him that the child was dead for they said, behold, while the child was yet alive, we spoke to him and he did not listen to us. How can we say to him, the child is dead? He may do himself some harm. When David saw that his servants were whispering together, David understood that the child was dead. And David said to his servants, is the child dead? And they said, he is dead. Then David arose from the earth and washed and anointed himself and changed his clothes. And he went into the house of the Lord and worshiped. He then went to his own house. And when he asked, they set food before him and he ate. Then his servants said to him, what is this thing that you've done? You fasted and wept for the child while he was alive. But when the child died, you arose and ate food. And David said, "While the child was still alive. I fasted and wept for I said, who knows whether the Lord will be gracious to me that the child may live, but now he is dead. Why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, but he will not return to me. So some people have argued like, I shall go to him is simply Dave saying, I will join him in the grave. The, the I will join him in death. That's not a hopeful thing. And David has hope. He's yeah. worshiping. He He's is rejoicing. eating. Yeah. He is at peace. And so clearly he knows I am going to join my son together uh, in Abraham's bosom, in heaven, like I'm going to be with my boy. Uh, so, the so here we have an example of I think this assurance of infant salvation. the The, the question that I have is is how did David know? How did David mm. know that that child was secure in the arms of God? Yeah. And people have different ways of answering this, but. Either David knew that because God didn't seem to tell
1: him that yeah, we don't have any 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 right written account of that so if David just knew that, maybe
0: it's because David had a proper theology that recognizes that those who die in infancy are a part of the elect, or maybe it was because um he had this confidence because. It was his child and and he was a part of Israel. Um, All I know is that when I am talking to somebody who is struggling with this issue, I tell them this at the very least. uh, David lost a child who was too young to believe. Child was too young. And. When his child died, he had confidence that he would see his child again. Yeah, that he would go to be with his child in heaven. And you can have that confidence. I think you should have that confidence, and you should be able to rejoice that your child is not suffering. Your child is is in peace. So, yeah, I mean that's 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 sort of my take on it. I I've held different views on this over the years as I've tried to reconcile my own thinking and scripture and you know a, a consistent theology. But it's not as clear as
1: I'd like it to be. No, no. And I think that's that's what's important here is I think we're, we, we're like you said, we're trying to reconcile what we know of God and the grace of God, the mercy of God, the love of God, uh, the sovereignty of God. Right. Uh, and, and the silence of Scripture, right? Yeah. And so I think part of this is that, you know, there's always that danger of like, well, I can't build a whole theology off, off one verse. Right. Right. But I do think we can have hope. Yeah, and I, do think, and I, think I think we can yeah. have confidence like David did um, and trust that God is that God is sovereign. God is good. God is loving. He's merciful. Uh, and man. God is merciful and gracious. And, and this is it's important, guys. Like, look, not everything
0: is super black and white. Mm, High contrast. I wish it
1: would. Yeah. I wish it was. That'd be oh, so know. much easier.
0: So, man, then instead of being 99% right, we'd be 100% right. All the Can time.
1: Can you imagine?
0: I, I do in my head. I do imagine it all the time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: It, it's, listen, some things are murky. Some things are gray. Some things are, are fuzzy. And it's okay. And it's good to admit that. Don't treat every doctrine as if they are all equally clear in Scripture. They are not. Some... We have less information on some, or more. It's okay to be uh, dogmatic uh, on on many doctrines, especially those doctrines that are clear in Scripture. But we should always be open to what the Word says, because maybe we, in our own formulation or articulation, are making a mistake. We need to be willing to change our mind yeah. if the Scripture compels us to. But I would just say, hold this doctrine carefully, and uh, you, it's not it's not a doctrine that you you want to. Uh, swing around carelessly around people because you'd be surprised how many people have lost children, you know, whether that is um, a miscarriage or something even later. So again, we, we can have this theology, right? We can have this belief only because God is sovereign in salvation. If
1: if there was no such thing as As irresistible grace. And I was actually sitting here thinking, I was thinking about that about the beauty of reformed theology in in that sense. Uh, but I was wondering if that was just a kind of a cheap shot, right? No, uh, that that's, that's why I was holding, holding back on that. I was thinking to myself, is that, is that kind of a cheap shot against Armenianism? Like, Oh, look,
0: well, they look. would argue for, um, all infants dying and going to heaven because they have not sinned of their own volition yet. And they're not, or they're not accountable. They have an age of accountability. So they, they, they allow for infant salvation. But I, what, what gives me great hope here, because I, I, I recognize that everybody is sinful regardless of their age. Everybody is guilty regardless of their age and everybody is equally condemned because of their age, not regardless of their age. Um, So what is my hope? It is that God is a sovereign God who can raise up the dead. In fact, I know people are saying like, well, wait a minute, how can God, how can God cause a baby to be born again? And they can't believe and the confession recognizes they, they don't have the capacity to do that. Well, listen, what you know, you know we're talking about God, right? He does miracles. Like he mm-hmm. does things that are beyond like your comprehension that you can't explain. Uh you know, he created the world and then the universe. He he uh he he rose Jesus from the dead. He rose you from spiritual death. He can do this, he's got this. It's not you know, that yeah. nothing is hard for God so long as it is in accord with his nature. So that's that's where that's where we land. So those are some of our thoughts on on irresistible grace, effectual calling, and then the uh the salvation of infants.
1: Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, You could follow us online on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo or on Facebook slash Doctor and Devotion. You can head to the website, There, You can contact us. You can sign up for the email blast or hit up the store, joefostore.com and grab some gear. You
0: know oh, what actually, they need no, to do? Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Talk about it, man. We got those hoodies. We're oh, doing a limited this is the edition. Last week. last week. All right, listen, we're doing a limited edition D&D hoodie. This design is is very cool you've seen the design on a t-shirt before but this one's this has been modified a bit Uh, so it fits
1: better i think oh yeah it fits better and we've
0: we've got this up this like uh shield patch thing on the front of the zip up hoodie it's a zip up hoodie, so it's different from the last one it's a great and th- quality thankfully
1: since well you know we got a discount on that on yeah. the hoodies themselves we're able to pass that discount on oh yeah uh to our listeners so i'm really glad about that and what is it, how much is it how much is a hoodie uh 35 Look at that. It, it might be 37 based on if you go uh with the larger it's, sizes it's, it's, so man this is i'm i'm excited i'm buying one for my
0: son he wants one um but the only for pre-order. We're not going to buy it like we do the T-shirts. We're not going to buy a bunch of them and then store them. Uh, you want this. It's limited editions. you got to order now. Yep. So go to uh, joefostore.com, pre-order, and then uh, we'll get these. We're going to take one more week of pre-orders. Then we're going to have them printed up, and we're going to ship them out.
1: There we go. Fresh Pod every Monday and Thursday. Blog posts on Wednesdays. Video content when available. Later.